0: The following is a class given by His Holiness Jaya Swami Maharaj on September third, two thousand and seven. The class begins with a reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam, 1st Canto, chapter 2, verse 6. Aipamsaṁ paro-dhārmo yato bhakti-ar-hokṣaje haitu kyao pati-hata patihata. patihata. suprasīdhati Translation by His Divine Grace, He Sri Bhaktivedanta, Swami Prabhupāda. The supreme occupation, dharma, for all humanity is that by which men can attain to loving devotional service unto the transcendental Lord. Such devotional service must be unmotivated and uninterrupted to completely satisfy the self. Translation by his, uh, well, with repetition. The supreme uh, occupation Dharma for all humanity, the supreme occupation Dharma for all humanity, is that by which men can attain to loving devotional service. That men men the of unto, the Lord. unto the transcendent Lord. Such devotional service must be unmotivated, Such service must be unmotivated and, uninterrupted and, uninterrupted and uninterrupted to completely satisfy the self. To satisfy the self. Purport by Śrīla Prabhupāda. Uh-huh. In, in this statement, purport, in this statement, Shri Goswami answers the first question of the sages of Naimisharanya. The sages ask him to summarize the whole range of revealed scriptures and present the most essential part so that fallen people or the people in general might easily take it up. The Vedas prescribe two different types of occupation for the human being. One is called the Marga or the path of sense enjoyment. And the other is called the nivritti marga, or the path of renunciation. <laughs> the path of enjoyment is inferior and the path of sacrifice for the supreme cause is superior. The material uh, existence of the living being is a diseased condition of actual life. Actual life is spiritual existence or Bhuta existence, where life is eternal blissful and full of knowledge material existence is temporary illusory and full of miseries there is no happiness at all there is just a futile attempt to get rid of the miseries and temporary cessation of miseries falsely called happiness therefore the path of progressive material enjoyment which is temporary miserable and illusory is inferior but devotional service to the Supreme Lord, which leads one to eternal blissful and all cognizant life, is called the superior quality of occupation. This is sometimes polluted when mixed with the inferior quality. For example, adoption of devotional service for material gain is certainly an obstruction in the progressive path of renunciation. Renunciation or abnegation for the ultimate good is certainly a better occupation that enjoyment in a diseased condition of life. Such enjoyment only aggravates the symptoms of disease and increases its duration. Therefore, devotional service to the Lord must be pure in quality, in other words, without the least desire for material enjoyment. One should therefore accept the superior quality of occupation in the form of the devotional service of the Lord without any pinch of unnecessary desire of action and philosophical speculation. This alone can lead one to perpetual solace in his service. We have purposely denoted dharma as occupation because the root meaning of the word dharma is that which sustains one's existence. A living being's sustenance of existence is to coordinate his activities with his eternal relation with the Supreme Lord Krishna. Krishna is the central pivot of all living beings and he is the all-attractive living entity or eternal form amongst all other living beings or eternal forms. Each and every living being has his eternal form (coughs) and his spiritual existence and Krishna is the eternal attraction for all of them. Krishna is is the complete whole and everything else is his part and parcel. The relation is one of the servant and the served. It is transcendental and is completely distinct from our experience in material existence. This relation of servant and the served is the most congenial form of intimacy. One can realize it as devotional service progresses. Everyone should engage himself in that transcend loving service of the Lord, even in the present conditional state of material existence that will gradually give one the clue to actual life and please him to complete satisfaction. Thus sends the Bhaktivedanta Swami translation purport to the Srimad Bhagavatam, 1st Canto, 2nd Chapter, 6th verse, in the matter of divinity and divine service, spoken at the Govinda Valley, Oxford, New South Wales, near Sydney. (laughs) On this uh, day before Krishna's uh, dhammaskami, 2007, September 3rd, Krstabdu, or this is uh, Gaurabdu 521, translation again the supreme occupation dharma for all humanity is that by which men can attain to loving devotional service unto the transcendent lord such devotional service must be unmotivated and uninterrupted to completely satisfy the soul so the sages are gathered together at naina sharanya you heard about naina sharanya when the universe was uh, being designed by Brahma. So he designed the entire universe as a gigantic wheel or chakra. And he put the hub of the wheel in Naimisharanya, this too. Somehow hard just fell at that point. Then he was designing the whole universe. Maybe solar system. But. So then... Uh, so it says that in Naimisha Ranya, if we perform spiritual activities, sacrifices, because that's the design the key point for the universe, then the entire universe becomes uh, affected by that. Or in other words, gets spiritualized. So the sages are there to do a thousand year sacrifice of reading the Srimad Bhagavatam, hearing about Krishna to help to spiritualize the universe. This is their sacrifice. They want to see the universe benefit spiritually. In Mayapur Dam, we also have a, a manifestation of uh, Manishalana in the island of Madhya you Dweep. Know, there are nine islands, Srimantadi, Gautamadi, Mautamadi, Koladi, Viputip, Janudip, Madhya Dam. So, Srimantadip, uh, has this So, every year when we go on the Prikram there, we have the devotees chant this and other prayers, other mantras, so that Hare Krishna also, so that uh, we can give some spiritual boost to the whole universe. So, these sages are actually very much well-wishers for all of the conditioned souls. They actually work for the spiritual upliftment of others, they're, they're very special souls. Most people are, are just worrying about their own personal interest. To make such a huge sacrifice for the upliftment of the whole universe, pretty much unheard of. So they want to find out what is the highest application. What's the Supreme Dharma, what's the uh, what's the occupational duty of the human beings? The Sutta Goswami, then he describes this verse, that Krishna, Bhakti, devotional service, is the uh, supreme occupational duty. So, In almost all scriptures, there's always this praviti marg and iriti marg. Praviti mark is in things like, uh, for instance, in the Vedas it says you can eat meat if you sacrifice a goat to Kali. But many other places it's better not to eat meat. But there are some people who want to eat meat, so they give some scope, they can do it and produce less of a problem. Instead of having huge size slaughterhouses, they have this once a month the sacrifice of the cold. So this kind of uh, facilities to do things which you are not supposed to do, but anyway they give you that facility. To do it under some regulations, under some procedures, that this can be usually considered a praviti mark. Path of enjoyment. When Lord Chaitanya was talking to Chantasi, then uh, the Chantasi said, Why do you, Lord Chaitanya said, Why do you kill the cow? Cow and the bull are like our mother and father. Cow gives us milk and the bull plows the field. Then the Chantasi said that, well, in your Vedas, you also have the cow and the horse sacrifice. us? Aspamid. The Lord Chaitanya said, well, those were to prove the efficacy of the Vedic mantras. They take an old horse and sacrifice it, and then with mantra, bring it back to life. So that, uh, also you're not killing." because you're bringing back to life, you're resuscitating. Do that with mantras, so it would prove to everyone that how powerful the mantras were. But in this age, because those type of mantras, people are not able to chant properly. In Kali Yuga, so those type of sacrifices have been banned. They've been prohibited. So we don't do ashramade or go anymore in this age. Because maybe they can't bring back the animal to life and then it's Big mess, right? so. So then, finally, that the Shias admitted well, in our Islamic uh, religion, that, that there are these two aspects of Prophetic mark and Ritual mark. But most of the most of the Imams they only know about the Prophetic mark, and they don't know about the Ritual mark. Is, if you analyze that there's some where the, the primary purpose of that particular path is to take us to Krishna, to develop our love for Godhead, or the other aspect is simply to allow us to perform materialistic activities without you know, somehow contracting the bad karma for that. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, his followers were very focused that they want to do devotional service. In fact, one of the acharyas he prayed that I don't want to do any uh, sin, I don't want to do any pious activity, he simply <clears throat> want to serve Krishna, Rana Govinda, in loving devotion. So, rather than recounting the karmas, he was just wanting to be on the transcendental platform. So that's basically what the devotional service is all about, and we're directly serving the Lord in love. Loving devotion, and he also reciprocates with that. The prophet once said, Everybody's looking for a friend in this world, looking for someone to exchange some loving relation. And he said, well, Some people, a man is looking, sometimes in a woman, a woman's looking in a man, or maybe a man in a man, or a woman in a woman. Everybody's looking for some kind of friend. But actually, the supreme friend that we're looking for is really Krishna. And if we initiate this uh, relationship, that we are offering Krishna some devotional service, we're offering him some selfless service. Then Krishna reciprocates with that. If you're offering a service for some material exchange. Then it becomes more like a business deal, just like if somebody works and they simply working for the salary, then it's a business. So they're working because actually they feel committed to doing what they're doing or they feel committed that it's a good service or something helpful for mankind and it's a totally different situation. So in devotional service, we do the services because we want to please Krishna. Because of that, the services become a loving devotional service, and that's part of the nirviti mark. What's amazing is that uh, normally when we think of nirviti mark, we we'll probably think of some very austere sacrifice like this, and they save his nameless family a thousand years of sitting there and hearing the classes but then in devotional service we are able to exchange our it's actually a very blissfully performed process. So let's say the uh Vigna he wrote a song to Lord Chaitanya Vitimanda. Paramā karunā pavodujana nithay gauracānta Sadhyavataru saru siramani kevalananda kānta Sadhyavataru saru siramani kevalananda kānta Parama Paruna Pahu Dvijana nithai, nithai they are Parama Paruna, they are supremely merciful. These two lords have descended from the spiritual sky. They are the, and amongst all the avatars who have descended from the spiritual sky, they are the best they the crown jewels. Saru siramoni. Sira means head, Money means jewel. The ceremony means crown jewel. And sara means the best of the crown jewels. So, because so many different avatars who gave different processes and different paths which are quite austere, but uh, the path given by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Keval Ananda simply not blissfully performed. You don't have to, it's not a very extremely austere process, we're just offering our loving service to Krishna, singing, dancing, taking prasadam, talking about Krishna, hearing about Krishna, very blissful aspect of spiritual life, not that we have to go into some forest and do uh, some extreme kinds of yoga. Before I came to Krishna consciousness and I was uh, attempting to practice Hatha Yoga, and uh, anything I do I usually try to really throw myself into it. So then I read that uh, there was uh, to get yourself detached from the body should go in the Himalaya mountains and the ice freezing water of the streams and the coldest day in the winter and you should sit in the water and meditate generate heat from your yoga or shakti and <laughs> the hottest day of the year you should go in, in the in the sun with the sun overhead and put four bonfires on the four sides meditate to be able to sustain the heat to detach yourself as a you do Asana Yoga, apparently there's this kind of option. I don't think any of your guests are doing that. <laughs> you can sit in that river here. <laughs> but uh, there are these kind of very austere processes uh, of yoga to, to detach one from the body. Where Wachatana didn't give this kind of very difficult process. This process is very blissfully performed. Here also, this is uh, mentioning that we should uh, be free of all material desires. I was studying in the uh, in, uh, Sydney Temple. Someone asked about this. What happens if we're not completely free from all material desires? What's going to what happen to us? So. I remember when I was in 1968 hearing one of Prabhupada's lectures, he was also preaching like this, 10% Krishna consciousness. The devotees are feeling a little bit stressed out that uh, it's pretty tall order to have 10%. I mean, there's a few well, a little desires to get in there here and there. And so, <sighs> so then Prabhupada, after finishing their class, you know, everybody was just like silent. It was like a state of shock. You know? 10% then Prabhupada said, well, even 90%. Even 90% free. That's all right. Then the official will still take you. This time he had a, a pulpit kind of a asana. We didn't know really how to build the asana, so we copied a Christian asana. It went very high up and he had stairs going down maybe five or six feet, I don't know, six feet, maybe five, five feet high. So Prabhupada was getting down the stairway and looked at the devotees and said, even 80%. <laughs> Krishna will take you. So it was a slight bit of relief, but 80% maybe that some people still think it's pretty tall. Then Prabhupada got off that uh, stairway and was starting to head towards the door. I looked back, he had his charter kind of trailing on the ground. He said, even 70% Krishna will take you. And then he threw his charter over his shoulder and walked off with his head high in the air. Never forget that. Maybe someone can get even with less percent, but, oh, but said 70% and you got your ticket. No problem. Of course, to get 70, they try for 100, but maybe not 100% in all the aspects. As we develop our case for Krishna service, then actually that uh, kind of loving reciprocation increases. Then the things that when but we, Whatever we do, the idea is we don't want to do things that are not connected to Krishna. So we do things according to Krishna's uh, instructions, according to his, uh, his, uh, guidelines. And this way, we get protected from, from any kind of karma, vikarma, karma, we're, we're in the staff platform, our karma of any uh, reactions. Actual life is spiritual existence or Brahma Bhuta, for life is eternal, blissful, and full of knowledge. Material life is temporary, illusory, and full of miseries. We want to be under the direct protection of Krishna all the time, so we need to just consciously surrender to Krishna. That's how we go before Krishna and pray that Krishna is surrender unto you. And we consciously try to serve Krishna and then Krishna reciprocates with his devotees. Sometimes devotees have three dreams of Krishna or the Guru. Sometimes uh, they may feel a kind of spiritual bliss. Different kinds of reciprocation. As uh, I see in many different ways uh, Krishna engaging in my personal, I in me in his service, but uh, using me as an instrument. One time, I was uh, booked to fly to Bangkok and Calcutta by uh, Thai Airways, and I had a, a booking in the business class. But somehow, Thai Airways said that they lost my booking, and they're very sorry. they gave me a partial refund, but uh, they could only take me in the economy. Why is all these things happening in the airline? Okay. Then I was in the back seat in the back in the economy, and then uh, sitting in the aisle seat. And uh, as we were taking off, I looked over. There, there was a there was a young man with a short hair. And He had neck beads on, wearing a shirt and okay. In those days, know well, everybody was in that thing. It's quite You don't know who, what group it could be, but that time it was pretty rare. When he, so I said, Hi, Bob." I'm thinking maybe he's a devotee, and then he looked at me. Hi, Bo, Mara. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> and he said, I was trying to escape to the material world. <laughs> but now you're here next to me. <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well if I get bumped off in some other seat, I just stay like two cents But uh try talk to him then we I brought him to Malaysia, a little bit safer place than Bangkok. For me. <laughs> 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 and uh, he was uh, serving for a while. Well, they had so many different things. Sometimes you give a class and then at the end, Maharaj, why are you talking about me during class? <laughs> you don't know anybody from Adam, you know, you don't know <laughs> Somehow they thought you were exactly talking to that. Well, they happen to other devotees also. Sometimes I think, you get on the case during class, who told you about my problem? <laughs> 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 so like that, then you can see that Krishna uses us as an instrument in different ways. So it's, it's actually quite exciting to me. a... He be serving Krishna because uh, just like Arjuna, he was serving Krishna in the battlefield, and Krishna told him via Nimitta, via Nimitta Mahatrena, via an instrument in my hands, a via media, But I'll use you as a tool, I'll use you as an instrument, and work through you. And in that way, we can also be able to bring people to Krishna. When I, in my airport, because we're, we're at a holy down <coughs> pilgrimage place, and many, even on in the year, there'll be maybe over a million people who come through there. Especially during the before our festival, Vaupurnima, and try to tell all the devotees that we want then that uh, to they're all representing Radhamadava and Pancatattva that they have to take care of all the visitors who are coming, all the pilgrims. But this is our service, is to uh, serve the uh, visiting devotees, visiting pilgrims. And this can make a big impact on their lives. So the devotees take it up pretty seriously, most of them, and there's always a few that uh, when I get into the mood. But generally I would say that they are very uh, enthusiastic. People don't appreciate when they write there. They get we give out sheets. People say how they like to visit, what could be improved. That's a that's a sneaky way to get people's contact addresses also if you would you like to get some information or something, you can put their name and address or email them. That way you know ready Discreetly, uh, you can get their, <laughs> their contact details without maybe freaking out the, uh, or uh, sponsoring groups that come here. But we don't get a lot of contacts, so I send them information about my airport. But most of them, they do praise that uh, the devotees when they serve for Shana or when they're interacting with the devotees, it has a very big impact on them. And how enthusiastic that it, the enthusiastic service attitude is uh leaves a deep impression. Even on our Islam devotees who are supposed to anyway be a service attitude, but they also appreciate that the devotees uh admire for service attitude and this uh Govinda Valley's like that, also kinda of, uh, creating a place of pilgrimage. Actually maybe you should get uh, Bhakti Siddhanta Maharaj is going to give you 12 Shaligram Shilas. So, wherever you have 12 Shaligram Shilas, it becomes a tirta. Then mm-hmm. it would be a. Uh, it anyway, it's a tirta because you're chanting and you're, the devotees are here, but uh, there are some statements like that in the piratis, if you have. Or well, there's a deity present and that's also a worshipable deity then that also becomes a place of pilgrimage or shallow grounds. So. And this way we take it that we're representing Krishna, they're coming to Krishna's place. Just like Jai Vijay, they, they gave a kind of harsh reception to the four Kumaras, so then Krishna himself came and apologized to the four Kumaras that my representatives didn't Receive you properly. I'm very sorry. They were moved. And here the Supreme Lord himself came. And he was apologizing for the highest reception. So then. uh, They bowed down to Narayana. For Kumara's were practicing yoga and they had a, a realization in their personal brahman. So they were very peaceful. They are realizing the light. But when they bowed down to Narayan lotus feet, then he had a tulsi offered to his lotus feet. And they smelled that aroma of the tulsi offered to the lotus feet of Narayan, the Supreme Personality of Brahma. Then their hair stood on end their voice got choked up, tears started to flow from their eyes, they started to feel ecstasy. Then immediately they were converted to becoming bhakti yogis in one second. Because up to that point they had peace, they had equilibrium, they had the spiritual compassion on everyone to a certain degree. but. When they bow down to Krishna, his incarnations, avatars, Narayana, it moved their hearts so much that they realized this is a much higher experience than whatever I've been realizing in the impersonal path. So after that they became devoted to Narayana and they became devotees. so my sometimes you know it's like I was asking on air airport uh, she's like actually a devotee that's uh, kind of aspiring devotee that's uh, working as an heir. She was saying that sometimes uh, when they're dealing with the customers if, uh, sometimes they call them as guests like in India they have one airline called the Kingfisher and so they say we don't call the passengers as uh, clients and so we call them as our guests we want them to be treated as if they're guests at my home the the Managing Director, Chairman, he gives a little video clip and I want you all to feel as if you're a personal guest in my house. I want you to feel you know, very much at home in, my, in this airplane. Then I give out little uh, papers that you can give your opinion and if you recommend one of the staff as a very good representative of the corporate Whatever their mission is, their get with the guests, they get some kind of a perk for them. So that is the, that airline is really gives a pretty good service. They have uh, people greet you at the curb and carry your bags in. It's like really, really. It's rare, it's pretty rare, if you want to go... It's, well, it's an Indian airline? It's an Indian airline. it's got all kinds of Asian awards, it's called Kingfisher. The owner is uh, the biggest uh, brewery uh, owner, in, distillery owner in India, so maybe he's just advertising, he's not allowed to advertise alcohol in India, so he just, Kingfisher is the name of his beer, <laughs> And at the bottom it says, Kingfisher for, for the good times, one shall have a good time. Uh, but he doesn't mention anything. So the same mark advertising as an uh, airline. I don't know if it's, you know, I'm <laughs> <for a bargain. laughs> <laughs> But they do treat you nice. As a, as, a, uh, as a guest, they call you. They have a nice... Uh, but it's difficult. Because sometimes uh, your clients, your guests are already demanding. And like you in my apartment so one time we served somebody a, a very nice meal, like a four-course, five-course meal with rice and japanis and sabjis and sweet. And, but this person, you know, said, what is this? I'm a meat eater! <laughs> I eat flesh! I eat meat! When I want to eat vegetarian, I want to eat really opulent vegetarian. I want pakoras. I want samosa. I want fried things. I want halva. I'm a meat eater! What do you think? I'm going to just eat ordinary vegetarian food? I'm a meat eater! I'm shoving a meat eater, okay? Wow, you know. But I guess... But I guess, you know, he started ripping, <laughs> ripping the blood off the other I'm a meat eater! We so have to... You know, okay, sir. We can uh, order a la carte to Japan. Oh, boy. Of course. Sometimes you get, it's a Bengali guy, you know. <laughs> so... You get all kinds of people. Maybe that's one of a million. I've never had anybody else show me. Like, I'm a millionaire. I want to be an opulent <laughs> vegetarian food. <laughs> but uh, you get, you know, sometimes funny people. So, okay, who's was the guest there? Now they have... Those days we just had one option. Only have like half a dozen options. You can get special... A big meal in the, in the Gada kitchen. You can get a special super meal at the at the uh, at the Lordes building. You can go to the restaurant and order a la carte. You can get a go to the Patidiranta Academy with the Nirada, the Swiss devotees there. They'll give you like a very holistic kind of a meal and. So you got all kinds of options now, but those were like, for 20 years ago, we just had the one option, so he, he wasn't happy with that. He's <laughs> <Just kidding>. like, <laughs> so what can you do? We learned over the years, good people, the options they want. We had the vegetarian ice cream, and they <laughs> well, they want that, you know, I don't know if it's good for you, but... <laughs> to try to especially on the uh, when they go back to my airport then they have all these in the festival they have so many options pizza parlors a half a dozen pizza parlors and so many things <coughs> when we're on Krikuma then it's pretty much the, and we get people first on Krikuma pretty dedicated people are walking for 12 miles or 12 kilometers or 6 kilometers in a day and by the time they get back they're really hungry they probably could serve anything that love it, but they, they actually cook a very nice meal for the for some people. They appreciate it. I, I make a special... I go around and I ask everybody if they're all right, if they need anything. And uh, so they also appreciate that. Sometimes they write in their comment sheets they really liked it that Jayakotanka Swami came around and asked us how we were doing So... Oh, I appreciate the, the devotees who are serving. So we try to see that the devotees are all comfortable. Some of the devotees stay overnight in the camps and maybe about a 25% go back by bus and sleep at the main ashram in their beds. And not everybody's in the camping hours. So we try to give people different, uh, different options so that because the, for some of the things we do are fairly obscure. So this way the devotees take it out as, as part of their mission that we, to serve the people who are actually Krishna's guests. They come in to serve the see in Krishna's temple, Krishna's place so they're Krishna's guests. So what our are caring for the guests is actually our service to Krishna. That's how Krishna here appreciates. And they may take it if we don't treat the guests nicely, then maybe the impression about Krishna would also be affected. So one thing I see here, that uh, if uh, Krishna gives us protection, so maybe here there's a corporate policy not to wear tilak, but it's good, I don't you put tilak with water in the mantras to give yourself the protection of the mantras. Because uh, we're generally controlled by the astrological influences according to our karmas. So the idea is putting on the dvadas, or kundra is to put ourselves under the protection of Krishna. So that uh, rather than just being like a puppet, being pulled by our karmic karmic, uh, influences from the past, so I always tell the devotees that they work outside when they don't uh, put on the tilak with the water and the mantras. Sometimes uh, sometimes some devotees, uh, even when they wear tilak, they just put it on their forehead, they don't put it on the other parts. And that's also, you're not getting the full, the full protection. So the whole process of bhakti yoga is to make our body like a temple. And we put ourselves under Krishna's protection. In the yoga system they had this uh, mystical I remember there was this one process where you meditated on little kind of mystical so- soldiers. Created a whole soldier barricade around your body, kind of a kalach, and empowered them with mantras. Was the kind of, I was really into it, you know, before I came to Krishna. I <laughs> all these uh, <laughs> I was going <laughs> to cut the skin in my tongue uh-huh. so that underneath, so that I could use the tongue to block the uh, nostril for doing the pranayama rather than having to use your hands. So <laughs> you could really go deep into the... Uh, <laughs> <but> I, <laughs> so it was just about at that point when I met the devotees. <laughs> <laughs> So, I remember this uh, one devotee, I think it was Rupendra, gave me his uh, beads and told me to go out and chant on the beads. So I went into the park and then I, I, I was chanting. I went in those days, so I could sit in the full lotus position. So I sat and I was in the lotus, I was chanting with his beads and looking at a tree, just chanting. I chanted for six hours non stop. 32 rounds, first day, and uh, that was my first experience of japa. So I was feeling so much uh, ecstasy, I just couldn't, uh, it was amazing. I never experienced anything like that. And uh, it was really intense. So it was already the first day I was convinced that this is the most powerful meditation I was doing. And I came back and I oh, so like story about a mistake, I gave you Prabhupada's chanting beans. I'd take those back. <laughs> wasn't quite the same the next day, but <laughs> I got some <the> super surcharged <laughs> beans. <laughs> so... I went to this one temple, not this kind of temple, this temple, Hindu temple, and they had this gigantic japa mala. It was uh, a thousand and eight beads. And then it would have like a whole group would sit around and be the chanting, <laughs> they go around, the pass it the the bead was so big, it was interesting, <laughs> kind of a group group, group mala. <laughs> So it was. I only saw that one place. Let so. me hear about <coughs> like different uh, pastimes of the different deities. They say that Hanuman, Hanuman is, uh, can remove all kinds of obstacles from the devotee's path. Uh, that uh, his special day of puja I think is Tuesday they were saying how usually on Saturday people do sunny puja because Saturday <coughs> in, in Sanskrit well, sunny bar is called samibar it's the day of saturn so Saturday is uh, like a day where where things could go wrong or, we, or saturn puts kind of malefic influences if you don't appease them so then some people would do, like, all this worship on this day, worship Saturn, and other day. They're just trying to counteract. But then there was uh, one devotee who simply, uh, he worshipped Hanuman, gave him bananas, and Chandajai, shiram Jai Ram, Jai Jai Ram, Ram, for his pleasure. They worshipped Hanuman. And then after that, uh, he counteracted Sunny and everything else. He didn't have to do anything. They have all these different kinds of, there's probably more Hanuman temples in India than any other temple. He's very simple to worship. them. Only thing they say, Hanuman, since he's a lifelong brahmachari, people want to get married, may not be a good. <laughs> <laughs> there's all these, you know, like superstitions, you don't know what whether it has any bearing or not for people. He go sometimes into, uh, in South India, they go in their Indian's home and then they take the flute out from Krishna. They don't give him the flute. You say, why don't you give Krishna the flute? And then they say that, well, we're afraid that if he has the flute, he'll play it and somehow attract everybody away from material life and they'll be all like too spiritual or something. So you don't give him the flute in the house. <laughs> <laughs> so you go to hell, all these different kinds of uh, beliefs, what's actually Shastrika? or what's... <laughs> you know, we put the flute with Krishna. If you like him to draw us out from the material uh, suffering and be able to develop our natural love for Krishna. But the one thing is that uh, to be sensitive about other devotees, to treat devotees very nicely, uh, that there is a story or a pastime of uh, that uh, for this again, that's something that I heard that uh, didn't read all the works of the Goswamis, but so one day, uh, who was it? Some uh, one of the Goswamis was reading his uh, reading about Krishna's pastimes, and he was laughing in ecstasy. Just at that time, there was a devotee who walked by, who was uh, crippled. He was, I think, mean, was the materially challenged. I think it was a politically correct thing to say. I mean. Handicapped. Handicapped? Yeah. No, they don't even say handicapped. Disabled. Anyway. Okay. Disabled, okay. They have now in America, but I can't get say, uh, I think it's uh, physically challenged. <laughs> anyway, he get the idea. He was <clears throat> having some physical problem. He suddenly heard uh, the Goswami laughing, and he thought that the Goswami was laughing at him, because he was... He thought, how is it possible such a Goswami is laughing at me? I never expected this from such a pure devotee. So then, he was... Uh, then after that, the minute that the Goswami lost his taste, according to this pastime, he lost his taste, and he, he asked him out ah, in Goswami, what happened? I'm not getting any taste anymore my chanting, for my reading. So maybe you must have offended someone. I don't know if i offended anybody. So he said, invite everybody over for some special, there's a holiday coming up, invite everybody for a special feast program. And then see if somebody doesn't show up and you know that he's feeling offended. So invited at a big festival, invited everybody. But this one handicap, the boy didn't come. I said, he must feel offended, otherwise then he come. So then uh, he went and spoke to that, and said, what happened? How did I... was feeling offended by me. And then he said, well, I was walking by that day and you laughed at me. I said, I never laughed at you. I didn't even know you were there. I was reading about Krishna's childhood pastimes, and I just started laughing and ecstasy. But I never wanted to, I was serving my life with you, otherwise. we're not the body anyway and you're such a wonderful devotee. Please forgive me if somehow you felt like that and he paid us obeisance. Then that, that uh, handicapped devotee felt so bad that why I doubted the Goswami, I thought he was laughing at me that he paid obeisances and because he was also committing an offense So he also lost his taste. <laughs> but i give this kind of example that we should be careful. Sometimes we take a other devotees for granted, and we don't really understand how dear everybody is to Krishna, and so we might actually uh, not be sensitive. That but how we deal with uh, with our devotees also is very important. That uh, all these things make a big difference. Sometimes. Uh, People may treat others very nicely, but then amongst the devotees, they tend to be a little harsh, they don't take it. So we have to be careful, especially for the devotees. Prabhupada once was saying how he was very concerned, he said, My my, mighty brothers in the presence of my guru, they are very respectful to each other. But after my guru left, they fought with each other and they divided the godiyamad. But my disciples, they're even offensive to each other in my presence. <laughs> they're very harsh sometimes. So what are they going to do after I leave? <laughs> That's where he said such famous things like, you can show how much you love me by how well you cooperate. He really wanted the devotees to cooperate with each other and treat each other nicely. And uh, like once I, when I was uh, in Montreal, where Prabhupada had just left, and somehow I stepped on a nail and my foot got infected. And uh, I was kind of ooh, i get this letter. I mean, most days were no So Writing a letter was a whole thing you had to do, like, write it put an envelope and, yeah, and I got this letter from Srila Prabhupada. He said, I heard that you injured your foot. You know, you've given your body to Krishna, so please be careful to the, maintain it nicely and I'm concerned that you know, for your health, you please uh, see that your health gets taken care of it properly. And so, he said, well, I don't, I may ask Peter, I you that I but he wrote this letter, you know, just out of the sky blue, without <coughs> it. I didn't even mention that I had. Somehow somebody told him and then he, he wrote a letter. So like Prabhupada was so caring just for even a little bit. What to speak of uh, if somebody was really sick as Prabhupada would also be very concerned like a lot of and others. Sometimes the devotees uh, are not always so personal in their dealings. And one the Prabhupada said that actually Krishna conscious were. are Hyper use the word hyper personalist or something like that. Something I remember whatever, I don't know it was exactly that word, but something like like extremely personalist, so like hyper or some pitchy word like that well hyper was the word the most fun. Uh, but we're, we want to deal with each other, right? Personally and uh, People in this uh, modern society, people tend to be very impersonal and uh, mechanical in their dealings. So even even like when you go to, like there are some airlines I've heard There are some airlines which are good. Like Singapore Airlines, pretty good generally speaking. When you fly with them. I think Malaysia is trying to compete now. They're they're getting pretty good also. But uh, sometimes you know on the flight. I was impressed sometimes had uh, a hard customer or drunk or something, and the guy was pretty patient, dealt with them and just but when you meet that, meet the same people. You know, sometimes you're waiting for the luggage. It's <laughs> they're like they're off duty, you know, they're totally cold, and you know, <laughs> they you know? once they're out of the plane, it's like <laughs> then it's like uh, they're not the same. They care less about you. you know? <laughs> like, the duty is over. Well, they are. At least they're training the okay, they smile. But it's just a corporate thing. But actually feel about people, to really, it actually has an impact on people when we are giving them Krishna. Even just, even uh, we all can't directly give Krishna, but we're giving them just a nice uh, behavior, then somehow they appreciate it, and that can bring them closer to Krishna. So I try to uh, to imbibe that uh, mood in the devotees of my temple. That that's uh, our special dharma is to serve. they are living in a pilgrimage place. People come there, and so it's our opportunity to touch their heart and make them get closer to Krishna by receiving them nicely. Because we have so many devotees uh, visiting and so many devotees on the reception team that. It's hard to bat 100%, but uh, we try to do the best we can. And sometimes, in spite of mentioning so many times, don't leave your valuables in the toilet. And devotees who got these money pouches and stuff. <laughs> leave it in the toilet. <laughs> oh, we have to, you know, sometimes it disappears. And you we know, why do you leave your money belt? What's the point of wearing a money bag? Like? You take it off and leave it with a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> so there's always this kind of. One time, one time somebody lost his money and his, uh, his uh, valuable camera. <coughs> and uh, we suspected one person as having done it. And uh, he didn't have anything on him, so he was vehemently protesting his innocence. So, somehow I walked around the, uh, the building. And then the back of the building, by, in the lotus building, by the water pump, I saw there was a leaf, a grass leaf, under the earth. The leaves don't grow under them, but they don't grow, grow under the earth. So then I had somebody dig it up there and there we found the camera and the money. Some kind of a <laughs> mystical thing Krishna, that Krishna left right to the... I couldn't believe it, but it could be anywhere in my personal Right there, saw the leap into the earth and within ten minutes is that. <laughs> 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 anyway, sometimes this has happened. So we had people come to Mayapur who were thieves, and they wanted to join the temple. But they did were like Khan artists. And somehow, you know, they never get a taste. Later on, we find out that they're professional con artists that came to the temple too. So, I took your that a devotional service should be unbroken and should be unmotivated should... even... uh, Immortilating means, even we're not... we're just straightforward with Krishna. We don't have some alternative. Maybe we have some desire. So we even try to dovetail whatever desires we have in a way that Krishna will be pleased. Not to do it in an unauthorized way. You know, while we're in the material world, it's obvious we're going to have... there's going to be some material sense gratification. It's just like, uh, I remember one time I met this one devotee and he was, he took uh, 17 ice creams. <laughs> and I said, uh, hey, Prabhu, you know, what are you doing? Because he was supposed to be like in a renounced. <laughs> oh no, when I take the ice cream, I completely, I'm not enjoying it at all. <laughs> <laughs> what else? It's that's where I take it. <laughs> Anyway, he didn't maintain this, you know, But we're not, we're supposed to be very For We take, or whatever, even we like something, something may like, we take and offer to Krishna, we take prasana. We appreciate that Krishna has uh, tasted that, we take prasana. We don't try to be like artificial, try to do the things in such a way that don't tell with Krishna. Maybe initially we have got some... We like one prasad better than another, so we tend to offer a particular kind of prasad to Krishna. But <laughs> at least we were dovetailing, And then eventually we may become so much detached that we don't mind whatever prasad. I remember when I was... Uh, I was pujari in the temple in Montreal, and Sunday feast, I prepared huge feast, 26 preparations. Then, because uh, we got so many vegetables and fruits donated by the they go to the wholesale market and they just give us boxes of ripe fruits that were going to be too ripe to sell. <coughs> so I put six kinds of, I don't know how to put so many things. I could put chutney and I could put halva and I could two so we could six, six different kinds of fruit chutneys. <laughs> halva, apple halva, blueberry halva, you know whatever I knew, you know. The, the, we had all these ingredients, so. But it was the big yagya. Uh, we were preparing all the preparations, and then... I took, ran had someone make up the, the offering plate. Ran took a shower, because I was cook. I was pujari, I was temple president, we only had four devotees in the temple. So that was most of the things. And then, uh, remember when I was walking down in Montreal, it was like a bowling alley that we had converted into a temple, so it had this long wooden... Alleys. And then in between, where the gutters were, they would put it up with linoleum. So it was really <laughs> funny-looking temple <laughs> with the bowling alleys and the linoleum in between. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I remember I was walking into that Zaginabhame, Svartana. I feel so blissful when walking with that plate. I really feel a very intense spiritual bliss offering... The, bringing that offering, which was like a non-stop yajna, sometimes to do a like it's a, a prati, completely absorbed, like at least from the morning until the lunch. I was completely absorbed in cooking and and doing all the services, and there wasn't any. It was just a total absorption. Of the time when I I was bringing that uh, that offering, wasn't the the food the only one. It was the whole effort, the whole yoga the whole service. And somehow I just felt so blissful. Like, it was In- inexplicable the happiness I was feeling that Krishna was pleased by that kind of service. So, this is uh, mentioned here we should try to offer continual service, uninterrupted, and this way Krishna, supersedati, will make us completely satisfied. Completely satisfied. Supersedati. Super satisfied. <coughs> Super. In Australia, they don't pronounce the R. It's a super, super satisfied. So I'm here. Want to be super satisfied? Yeah. Rio.